0: So, Tali, what bubble are we popping today? I don't know, Carla. Let's find out. Happy Sunday, everyone. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Oh. It has been a long week. Actually, guys, by the time this comes up, I'll be on a boat in Florida, so. And I will most definitely be in
1: my bed in New Bedford, Massachusetts. <laughs> but how are you doing, Carla? Uh, I'm good. I'm really excited for break to see my family. It's been like two months since I've seen them, so this is going to be good for me to go home. How are you doing? I'm
0: tired. I need a nap. Oh, y'all, we are back on our regular schedule um as much as i love doing black history month i'm exhausted
1: so um i don't think you guys or y'all understand how difficult it was to put out a new episode every single week like and this is going to be our fifth consecutive week doing it yeah
0: um (laughs) so if you haven't listened to those past four ones what are you doing because we really worked hard on them so you have no other choice but to listen at this point like you might as well just listen because we really did, worked hard on them. No, and they're actually really good too, though. Yeah, we had Um Shira as our guest for the last one, and it was really nice. Um, but yeah, guys. So for today's episode. I'm excited. Into,
1: uh we have yet another special guest.
0: <laughs> we told y'all we was coming with the guests. We coming reckless all twenty twenty one.
1: But this is yet another person who we've wanted to get on this podcast for a while. Somebody who both Tali and I look up to very much um, as a person, as a
0: just a mentor, a everything. teacher, an advisor. I mean, the list goes on and on. <laughs> so should we just get into it? Well, yeah. As y'all know, it's March. It's Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month to all my beautiful women out there, and um, our guest today is not only a wonderful woman, but we think that there's value in her experience, and we wanted to take the time to bring her here to talk about that, and to basically talk about her experience, talk about her impact, because she has truly made an impact. I can honestly say she has truly made an impact in me and Carla's life, so... I can second that. So without further ado,
1: here is Dr. Kim Bullock. Hi, Dr. B.
2: Hello. Hello, everybody. And these two lovely queens here that are hosting (laughs) today. Uh, Y'all are awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the introduction as well.
0: We're so excited. Dr. B, tell the people about you
2: about me okay how much time you got no we
0: got all the time in the world
2: dr b this is fun this is one subject i know all the answers to so (laughs) uh so i am kim bullock maiden name williams uh born and raised washington dc shout out to chocolate city (laughs) which is how i when i arrived at town that's what i post on facebook is what's up cc (laughs) <laughs> which is a line from a song that from an artist too old for you guys to know, but uh, uh, but anyway, born and raised, attended uh, D.C. public schools, went to Hampton Institute at the time, which is now called Hampton University, a historically black college. Um, I majored in biology there. Uh, went on from Hampton uh, University to the University of Florida to go Gators to uh, veterinary school. Uh, from veterinary school, I moved back to Washington, D.C. and practiced veterinary medicine, emergency veterinary medicine at an emergency clinic, and then uh, small animal, you know, dogs and pets veterinary clinic. And then from there, I moved to Virginia, um, still working veterinary medicine, but also um, began teaching college biology. Uh, teaching biology in college actually at my alma mater hampton university for about four or five years and then um with my husband and children uh we moved to exeter new hampshire kind of random right but my husband Philip, he he finished phillips exeter academy uh that's where he went to boarding school and he always wanted to return uh to be a teacher coach And so we followed him there and a position became available for both of us, um, him in history, me in biology. And so we uh, taught at Phillips Exeter Academy for a year, uh, which was an eye-opening experience for me. I I had known about the boarding school community by attending um, reunions with him, class reunions, but never had I had the full experience of, of what boarding school is, living and working in the same place. Um, and from there, that was a one-year appointment. Uh, from there, we uh, moved to to Newport, Rhode Island. We we're hired at St. George's School, and the rest is history. That was. <laughs> this is my twenty-sixth year wow. at St. George's School. I know. Watch out if you like your job; it, it <laughs> might happen to you too. And I do like my job, so. <laughs> so that's the end. I can go now. Right? No, just kidding. But I was.
0: No, we appreciate having you here, Dr. B. Dr. B, we're not finished with you yet. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah. So we just want to talk about your experiences because obviously there's a lot of value and I feel like Tali and I have a lot to learn from you as women, as young women of color, and as we head on into the world and navigate life. Um, And so I, first of all, I just want to talk to you about your experiences with education. Um. What were those environments like for you when you went to school and were they, were any of them different? What did you experience? What was that like?
2: Yeah, I think, well, uh, if I think early on um, uh, in Washington, D.C., starting young, uh, Washington, D.C., of course, is a, a majority uh, black community. And so my experience uh, in public schools undergrad were with majority folks of color in the school system. Uh, and then, uh, my next move was to Hampton university, another historically black, uh, community. Um, and so that, uh, all of those were incredibly welcoming. And I felt as if I belonged, I had teachers and, uh, and, uh, folks that were guiding me, that cared about me, that loved me, that were, um, mentors to me. They, uh, they modeled for me you know how to be a leader um, and then I went to University of Florida Veterinary School. That was a brand new kind of experience for me. I was one of a few in fact, I was the second uh, black female to graduate from University of Florida College of veterinary medicine um, and uh, so it was a um, you know it was the experience of being one of a few, which i wasn't used to, so that was that took a lot of that took a lot of struggle, uh, but, um, and so I called on my family and of course the few of us that were there together um, and kind of held each other a- a- up and kept uh, ourselves moving forward. Um, but I think that that is the best part of that experience for me, you know, not only did I experience and therefore I can uh, empathize with others that have gone through that, but I also, you um, you know, I I proved to myself that I could do it, you know, I gained agency in that and and didn't run away from those kind of challenges anymore. Um, And probably most influential to me in that time, which was a huge struggle for me, uh, was a mentor, African American. um, There was one um, black veterinarian on staff there. In fact, he recruited me there, uh, and I, uh, his name is Dr. Payton. I want to, I want to name him Dr. Llewellyn Payton, uh, because he did, and uh, he did that leadership and, um, support, uh, for me and the other few folks of color that were there. And he's basically did the same thing that I tried to emulate in my lifestyle here at St. George's and in my work here at St. George's. Um, I, I recognize that now reflecting back. Um, but then after that, um, Somehow, I found my way back to education as a teacher um, at, at the college level, um, and that was very rewarding to me. Even though I was a veterinarian, I was practicing veterinary medicine as well as teaching, there was something about the teaching aspect that just was spoke to me, um, and so I actually merged the two at one point and, and began teaching veterinary technicians for a short time period, um, and then uh, opportun- other educational opportunities. Uh, became available, and I started leaning more in that direction than in the veterinary field. The veterinary field was—I uh, loved it, but it was uh, to be quite honest, it was uh, male-dominated. Yes. It was—it um, was very clear and obvious to me that uh, it was—I uh, wasn't being as pay- paid. You know what other uh, folks in my same level of experience were getting paid. And when I weighed out the joy from it versus that struggle, um education kind of won out for me so um but yeah, it was it's it's kind of like the giving uh nature I think that I have and many people have that I think drew me to education and that keeps me there.
1: I really love what you said about mentors um because I feel like coming here to St. George's, I experienced a major culture shock um, as anyone would uh, in my shoes. And so I leaned towards Shira, who we had last week um, as our guest, but and and other, and other students like Kasamba, just the older girls who had already been here um, and had already sort of experienced that. And so they, they could guide me through that. And so, now I find myself trying to be that same thing for other students um, because I, I, I know how important that is because I had those mentors who helped me go on and get through that. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just love which, that you mentioned that.
0: Yeah. That's
2: I, so important.
0: Yeah. I definitely agree. I don't, I mean, we always say this, but I truly don't think we would have been, or I would have been in the position I am now without Shira, Ava, Kasamba, just all the, people that were there willing to like come to me so they knew that I had someone at the school and it's really important that we have that
2: yeah I think, think. that's that's important like you always have to re- acknowledge the shoulders that you stand on and uh you know realize it was probably a little bit harder for them you know but not and they are um you know there. um the way that they identify with you is that they have had that same struggle and so they want to um you know kind of help you a little bit there's always some some good that comes out of the struggle uh but there's nothing wrong with having a, a little guidance and, and knowing that you always have somebody there and you guys are 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 a legacy of that at any you know at, at St. George's this you know you can talk to alums from back till since the first students were here and they would be able to identify uh similar folks that did the same thing for them. And that is the continuity that we want to always have, you know. That's really important.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, me and Carla on this podcast, we love to talk about intersectionality. Yes. You know, one of our favorite <laughs> words. So, mm-hmm. um our next question is, you know, in your field and throughout your experience and throughout your careers, did you ever find that being a black woman in these spaces made it more difficult for you to succeed. And how did that look like?
2: Yeah, this I have a I have such deep thoughts about this and it has changed too, you know. But, you know, I guess you get the today me, so I'll answer where I am today. <laughs> and that is um uh I think that I expect and anticipate struggle. So I don't always see that as a negative. Um, And I, what I, what I do is, or what's important to me, I should say, in the the face of that struggle is that I have the confidence or I have the resources or I have uh, the, um, the, agency to use my resources to push forward. Um, you know, I, I in all of the struggles, and I this is knock on wood, I'm blessed and privileged, you know, to be able to say this, uh, you know, there's always been somebody I could go to or I could just reach another level deeper. You know, and to know that you can do that and trust yourself that you can do that is is important. But like I said, like we just got finished saying, you know, to have folks around you um, or even not here, but folks in other states, you know, that have gone through similar, that can guide you through, you know, or that can give you, uh, even if it's just a listening ear, and not necessarily tell you what to do, but just listen to you and validate you. Um, and uh, another thing, maybe a little deeper, is that I think that uh, in primarily uh white institutions or in places where a person is in a minority um uh, women of color for lack of a better way of saying this uh, are a little bit more accepted i believe and um and palatable and um flexible and, and uh in a white environment than black males you know, and I'm not saying that it's an issue with black males. I'm saying it's an issue with white, uh, majority white spaces. It's, it's, le- I, I believe that it's a, um, it can be less of a hurdle. Um, and at least that's been my experience as I reflected, but I didn't realize it when I was going through it. Um, but I believe that there are lots of other hurdles that men and boys have to navigate in white spaces and I also believe that uh, girls and women serve as resources for each other easier and and more readily uh, which is what we have just said like a zillion times already is important and what gets us through Uh, I think that uh, men and boys though are 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 learning that and being much more open to that. At least I know when I look at my sons, um, it just you know, just being okay to show emotion and actually genuinely say honestly how you feel yeah. to someone or even to another male, you know? And so, um, and I, I like to believe that women have helped with that process, you know? Uh, so um, yes, we do have our struggles. Um and I think that uh, to be able to rely upon each other, but also to be able to, you know, support uh, others that are struggling in different ways, you know, is is part of all of our success. So I know that was a very complicated answer, but
0: <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I definitely agree, especially and, with, uh, anticipating the struggle. Like I feel like I'm always. We talked about this earlier in the podcast, but we're always anticipating something to happen or anticipating something to go left instead of right and you know it's not always like a bad thing but it it's definitely something we do a lot it helps us i think it helps us be prepared
1: for something but then we also have to question why is it that we're always trying to prepare ourselves for these terrible situations
2: (laughs) yeah well it's uh in a way we don't have the privilege to not think that way. Mm,
1: yes. Snaps to that. Mm-hmm.
2: We don't, it's, it's, it's survival. It, it's part of what we have to navigate. And so we, there's, you know, there's no, uh, there's no choice. Okay.
1: Right. Um, so you talked about what it's like being in predominantly white spaces and here at St. George's, we are at a predominantly white school, um, and so, you know, navigating that is always difficult. Um, but I-, I wanted to ask you because um, Talia and I were talking and we-, we noticed that you, I think, are the only wo- black woman on the faculty at St. George's currently. And you're also like the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so I- I'm not sure how long this has been the case for, but how how do you feel about that? Is- do you feel... As though there are some advantages and disadvantages that come with that, and how much how much weight is that for you to carry? Because I, I can't I, imagine I couldn't handle it. I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't imagine being the only black woman on the faculty. Like I, I,
2: so what I'll tell you, it is it there are pluses and minuses, and I think uh, key to this, and 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 trust me that I I weigh this out every year that I have to sign a new contract here. I weigh out my happiness and my, you know, what's good for me and versus, you know, whatever else <laughs> there is. Um, but the, the people at this school, uh, my colleagues, the allies, uh, that, uh, surround and that make up this school without question, um, uh, create an environment and an atmosphere where that I want to be in, you know, plain and simple as that. Uh, I literally um, like my job a lot and I like, and, and, uh, and I like the people that I work with and I, I like the, the collaboration and the growth and how we move and grow and challenge each other together. And um, and so that first and foremost, I literally just had this conversation on the telephone uh, on the on another call before this uh, feeling included, feeling that you belong, feeling that you have an impact, feeling that you have some agency and feeling that you, you you matter, you know, in a space. Uh, of course it's different for everybody, but those things are really important to me. Uh, and, uh, and those things happen for me here and they have obviously, you know, for a long time. Um, and I know different environments, you know, I, I have been in both and, um, and as long as I feel that way, then this is where I want to be. And, um, there are some weird times, but all of a sudden, I'm telling you, this weirdness just happens. and you go like, "Wait a minute, am I the only person in color in this room?" You know, I, I, I just go <laughs> like, "Wait, hey, I think I'm the only person in color in this room," you know. But I'm so locked, focused on whatever it is going on. Many times, you know, which is just the nerdiness of me of being so engaged in what 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 I do, you know. But um, there are times. And I will say that, uh, there is, I have to, you know, when I go home and I say, what's up CC in DC, people know, oh, Kim's home time to connect, you know, let's connect. So, um, I do have to dip myself in some chocolate periodically, which is what I used to tell my children. (laughs) You know, I need my culture. I need my people. I love my, I love us, you know? And so I have to have access. I have to, um, go and recalibrate, you know, and reaffirm myself. Uh, there, I don't get affirmed here as a black woman, you know, I'm respected as an educator and a, you know, and as a professional um but this is this this it doesn't serve to it doesn't it, it can't affirm me in my in my culture and so uh luckily i have opportunities to do that and that also is what it, i weigh out on a yearly basis and i think that you could also um manage that you know um i without question i'm sure that the the foundation that i have from uh Elementary school, junior high school, high school and college and the confidence I have around who I am and and, you know, to have family and friends to affirm you in that um, is is helpful. It's, it's required in order for you to stand firm with two feet in, in an all white environment because it's um, or majority white, I should say, at least for me, I should speak to so. say.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely agree. Um, I don't know. I just, when me and Carla were talking about it, I was like, Dr. Bullock is the only black woman faculty on campus. Like, I just feel like, and it's surprising because not to compare anything, but we have a lot of black male teachers. We do. We and, have, like, a, a lot of black male, like, faculty. So when I was, like, looking at it, I was like, this kind of doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. But I mean, it does put you at an advantage. And I kind of agree with the disadvantage and advantages.
2: It's been, it it has been a while. It hasn't always been. You know, you have to remember there's the school's been around, you know, longer than the four years you guys have been here. And there were (laughs) (laughs) at one time there was, a. you know, there's an ebb and flow to the numbers and that kind of thing. But you have to think about Uh, Well, we always think about and we're currently thinking about always thinking about what uh, what would make this environment attractive to, you know, that's if you have to think kind of that way, you know, like, why? Why is this? What what would attract, um, you know, people to uh, to your school and what would be attractive for a family, you know, of of color to to come to St. George's school or, or to come to Middletown? You know, there's, there's the whole living experience, schools, you know, churches, you know, you have to think of the whole person and, uh, and that's not anybody's particular fault, um, that they may or may not align, but, the, but, you know, you have to keep looking, you have to keep, uh, sharing the values of, of, uh, the community and of the school. Um, and I believe it's possible.
1: I I agree with you, and I also think that it's a little tricky because for me, I would like to see more representation in my teachers um, and just the people who I surround myself with because, like you said, I like the culture, I like the people, and it would be nice because I, I think of how my white peers will wake up every day, they'll go to class, and they won't think anything of it. They just are probably used to this environment where their teachers reflect them um, physically. And for me, though, I wake up and then, like you said, I, I realize I have that realization, like, dang, am I the only person of color in this room right now? Um, and it's something that I've actually become conscious of every single time I get a new class or start off the school year, I-, I literally, I count in my head, like, how many people of color are in this class? Am I the only
0: one? Am I okay with that? Um, or and even, so. Even advocating for yourself, like, last year, me coming to you, Dr. Bullock, and telling you, like, mentally, like, we have white. Gui- guidance counselors therapists what would what you call them yeah therapists yeah like advocating for yourself advocating for yourself mentally like i had to come to you and be like like i just need somebody else you know and it's just like i don't know i think it's very important that especially in pwis when they're so focused on diversity equity and inclusion it can't just be about the students you know it also has to be about the faculty and the adults we interact with because those people are important to our lives and i we need all the support we can get especially at the time we're we're growing and we're understanding who we are and what's going on in the world like we need those people in our corners
2: yeah you couldn't be more right and it takes work and it, it's not easy it's not an easy fi- uh fix it's not a quick fix and it's a commitment it's it's an honest commitment that that uh uh that uh when you make that commitment, you have to find you have to investigate um, to solve that problem or to meet that meet that goal. Um, and so that is that there is work that needs to be done and there is uh and your voices uh and the value uh, it needs to sorry um echo the value of that to you as uh as young people growing up in this community and what it means to you. And I would also um, say that uh, my husband and I, ex-husband and I used to always say that we, what was important to us also uh, being at both Phillips Exeter and here was that we realized that we were the multicultural experience for white students. You know, and we took that very seriously uh, that this is important for white children to have uh, adults of color, as, uh, as their teachers, to see um, people that could mentor them and that were professionals that were um, other than, um, uh, you know, what they were familiar with. That, that's an education in and of itself. And we took that very serious. And that is also what's missing when we don't have that um, experience at St. George's. And it's something that all students should be, should, should be important to all students.
1: Yeah, I agree. I definitely think diversity on all sides, not just for us, is important because as a teacher, part of your job is to educate and to I mean, you know, you've been at this school for twenty six years. You literally we go to your we used to go to your house and eat pizza and hang During out, pre- COVID, listen to music. Yeah, pre COVID, following COVID, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a teacher's job especially at a school like this where everybody's living here it's a small community we only have like 300 some students um and so for for those teachers to be available to white students as well i think is important because hopefully it reflects the world that they will go into a lot better um and so yeah i definitely agree diversity everywhere is very important for all people
2: it is i mean even in the in the definition the 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 definition of excellence, I mean, our education or your education or any education, not just St. George's, but education isn't complete or excellent if it excludes, you know, if it excludes. And if there is uh, an opportunity to broaden the experience of the folks being educated then that is a better education. It is a, it, you know, it better prepares an individual. Uh, and this is not a new problem. It's not a unique problem. There's not a, a school day or boarding that isn't uh, trying to move forward and, and, and make this happen at their institutions uh, also. Um, but I think that every one of those schools um, can do better. It's, it's hard, hard, consistent work. No different than, you know, whatever it took to get me here, you know, and for me to stay here. And uh and, and other folks at other schools, you know, it's it's just a committed um it's a it's a commitment. And if it's important then then, you know, we we can make it happen.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. Um so you know this, Dr. B, but people listening might not. Uh, Tali and I are two of the heads of Insight, which is uh, the diversity club here on campus at SG. Um, and so I wanted to just ask you about, because you've been here for 26 years. Um, so you've seen the school go through, I bet, a lot of growth and changes um, in administrations and so on. And so I was wondering, has... What what used to be insight? Like I'm not sure when exactly insight was started, um, but it's probably relatively recent. Uh, I'm not sure. No, uh, but what what I just wonder what has it been like? Has there been continuity? Has there been change? Um, I I'm just wondering for like what was that like being at this school before and seeing that growth or things progress through the years.
2: So insight was started. Um, I actually have this written up. You guys should probably read it. Uh, a young man interviewed uh, an alum that came back, which was one of the fellows that had founded the the um, organizational club. And it was what you can imagine. It was a gathering of uh, kids that wanted to find, you know, bring camaraderie between the black and brown folks at St. George's at the time. Um, and um, they they found, you know, um, fellowship, and uh, and it and it stuck, and probably more into the late '90s did the club, um, because it was very before it was Insight, it was the Afro Latina, something like that group. I, I may have that not perfect, but I think it was an Afro Latina group was the name was the name of it. Uh, but then in the late '90s, um, the student heads. Opened the club up and said, "This is for everyone. You know, this is for everyone that 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 wanted to celebrate uh, this this kind of um, unity." Um, and so, from then on, it's been pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. Uh, there have been definitely more members uh, in my uh, in the, in the last ten years. There were, you know, it used to be like like my how I lived in Hafner then my whole front yard was full of kids. When we took a group picture, you have to see it like the one we took over um, one time we took over after the cookout. So um, and that continuity, when there were that many members, you know, it was just a different vibe that the kids had with each other, where they just all hung out together all the time, you know, and that's going to ebb and flow that, that, that changes with the, the, the kids that are here, but there's always been a committed amount uh, a number of kids to this club it has never not been in existence since i've been here and it has always been a committed group of kids that were um that supported each other that supported school programming for education uh and that um and that kind of um nav help kids navigate through um st george's it's always been that we should have a reunion of all insight heads that would be so much fun oh that would be so much fun <laughs> that would be really fun
0: I, oh, Insight, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know where I would be without Insight. I say this I, a, a lot. Say, no, honestly, same. like, our little community without it, I wouldn't be where I am now because I've been able to be myself every time I come into your house, pre-COVID, y'all, <laughs> I'm not breaking any COVID <laughs> rules, good point, good point. just want to, just want to state that for anybody <laughs> listening, but, um, every time we come into your room I just the re- the stress, the like not the burden, but all the heavy bagging I'm holding on my shoulders kind of just floats away and I'm just with people, laughing, learning and yeah. And just being yourself. I mean it
1: really Yeah. It really I remember the first time I went to like I remember going to your house for an insight meeting and it was freshman year, and Shira was like, "Yo, we got an insight meeting. Y'all come in." Like, we're like, "Yeah, we're going. we were trying to find find our way to your house." We we're like, "Which one is it?" <laughs> we didn't know which one it was. I think we
0: took like the longest route, and we it was did.
1: right behind Duel. <laughs> like, it was right behind the dorm. But um, I walked in, and immediately it was like this atmosphere. Like, it, it felt homey, and I felt comfortable immediately. There was like music playing. There was pizza. People were just chilling, laughing, and It was like one of the first times that I felt comfortable at St. George's because it was my freshman year and I would just wasn't assimilating (laughs) as well as I would hope I would be. And that really felt good. And I think that for me is what cemented my role in wanting to be an insight head and be that for other students and create that community within our larger community. Yeah, I definitely agree.
2: That is so good to hear. I mean, it that that's the whole point. And you know what? This is what students don't realize. I usually end up telling the alums when they come back. You know that as as much as it brings to you, the faculty that are there, it brings to us as well. You know, to to for us to be in the space and place where you are yourselves. You know, it 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 brings joy to our hearts just to be able to create that space. Uh, first of all, but also to be with you. You know, that it, it's just as much as a, an opportunity for us to be ourselves as well, um, which, you know, you, you probably don't even pay close attention to that probably good thing, you know, when you're still student, But, uh, <laughs> but you have to know that we learn and grow and, and gain, um, we just gain that, uh, um, I don't know, that family atmosphere um, by your presence as well. I mean, there's no question. That, that that is what has kept me here at St. George's School, you know, is, is to know the weight and the value of having a person present that you and your parents actually can connect to and feel comfortable uh, and, and just feel like, oh, OK, because I'm saying this, I'm saying what people have said to me, you know you know, like, you're not leaving, are you? You know, like, because we're going to yeah, stay for four have, more years with my leave child me. here.
0: <laughs> I tell you that. You better my not... child's
2: going to be, you can leave after four years, but yeah, my, child my child is child here. <laughs> here. Yeah, you can
0: live after that. We'll be okay. We'll be fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. But, and it hasn't been only me. That's the other thing I do want to make sure I say here that, you know, I, being the Director of Equity, uh, Director for Equity and Inclusion you know, a lot is centered around me. And yes, I have been the only black female, which is, you know, kind of the center person making things happen now, but it's not just me. There's so many other people. And we have to recognize that there were people before me, you know, that right. did this, you know, absolutely did it before me. Um, and, uh, and, and that's important always to, to um, kind of name out loud, uh, as well as currently right now. There there are people, y'all are here. It's a good time. It's good. We have an amazing community. I'll just stop there because I get people on and on and on. We
0: do, we do, we definitely do. Um, This is our last question, but are there, you know, because it is Women's History Month, are there any women in particular that inspire you or have taught you something valuable in your life? I already know who she's going to say.
2: You do
1: go and say it.
2: (laughs) What am I gonna say? say?
1: Think for a second and then
0: say. Just
2: who's she gonna say? How do you know what she gonna say? Well, I have. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I get it right. But anyway, uh, well, so my my mind, unfortunately, unfortunately, immediately goes to professional and St. George's ish. You know, and there. before me there was a woman of color that worked here as the director of technology black female was the head of our technology here this is why we have laptops by the way she created the laptop program uh and uh, yes deborah white deborah white deborah saunders white absolutely shout out shout out um uh may she rest in peace she passed away not too long ago but um But she was here and, uh, and, and along with her, there were other administrators here at this school. Uh, and I'm speaking just of St. George's right now that saw in me what I didn't see in myself. I didn't come to St. George. I came here as a biology teacher. I did not come here to be an administrator or a leader, or or that was not, you know, part of my plan. Uh, but, but these, uh, People saw stuff in me that I didn't see in me uh and they um opened opportunities and opened doors uh and and uh challenged me and with that uh said that you know I believe that you can do this kind of opportunity and um that was also um Katie Titus, who used to work here um, and so. When I think of my professional career, th- it was um, women that uh, helped me move along. Even if it wasn't a, a title or an elevation, and in, in, uh, they, they elevated my, um, my awareness that I could. Um, and so shout out to all those women. Um, you know, I, I can't, you can never not say your mom. Um,
1: That's that's who I was going to say. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Of
2: course, of course, of course. I mean, that's the ultimate, right? Um, Yeah, my mother, you know, is the rock and still is the rock of our entire, um, uh, my entire family. I have two siblings, uh, an older brother and a younger sister. So for us as well, and each of us have three children. So that's our whole clan. And um, my mother is the glue. And she is, has, um, the way we say it is that my mother worked retail. Uh, She worked Nordstrom's and Garfinkel's, a store that doesn't exist anymore, but her her retail was her her field. And so my father uh, used to fly planes. He he taught, he learned how to fly. So we would, my brother always says, my mother taught us how to be fly. And my father taught us how to fly. So my mother is our, um, designer in, in, you know, we have our own designer. We shop in her closet and she makes sure that we that we're always all age. She yeah. Too. Yeah. Me
1: too.
2: But other than that, she's the glue that is the, you know, she uplifts every single body and she's funny and she's really lighthearted. She'll make you laugh always. She's 89 years old. She's still banks online she's still on <laughs> she has facebook instagram i'm not even kidding you. she's doing her thing she got yeah she, gotta she is <laughs> so she's uh, without question who has guided me through so much and uh, actually i'm actually here now with her in washington dc teaching remotely uh and spending the time with her
1: tell your mom we said hey
2: <laughs> i certainly feel, <will, laughs> especially on this special special month you
0: raised a wonderful woman
2: oh she bless did. your I heart bless your heart love. and the same with your parents as well they should be absolutely proud but you guys are actually leading the way you are your models and you don't even know how your models already you know you've already been uh you're pioneers i mean who what school has ever had a pie podcast You know, uh, and uh, first thing I asked these young ladies was, how are you fitting this in with everything else that you have to do? I don't understand it, but uh, but they're doing it and they're doing it gracefully. And and somebody is watching like somebody is watching you guys. You got to know that. And they're going to be sitting and say, I remember there were these two girls and they had a podcast. (laughs) So I said, shoot, I'm going to do fill in the blank, you know. I, I guarantee you that's how, that's how this works. That's how this works. And so you do it with one, you know, with one foot in, I love this and I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do. And then your other foot and your other mind is like, you know, I got to show, I got to, you know, lead these kids and show them, show them the way. So thank you to you all. And and it's not just kids either. Adults as well uh, are, are seeing you push, you know, the boundaries and, and seeing you, ask the questions and seeing you advocate for yourself um tolly um you advocated for yourself to me i you know i did i i passed the word along (laughs) yeah so i just (laughs) want to correct that that. yeah you know that you're being watched and so i appreciate you all you know i really do appreciate you
1: thank you doctor. we appreciate you back
2: dr (laughs) we truly appreciate
0: it um i think that's all we have that's all we have um again dr b we've been i mean this was really fun and i got to learn more about you as always always our conversations are always the best and we're really grateful that we got you on this podcast and i hope you know this won't be your last time you will definitely be back you be i'm back
2: sure after. i have some more stories oh,
0: <laughs> you'll we'll, be back you'll be back dr b
2: yeah. promise. <laughs> I really miss our insight meetings on the couch, though, because um, oh, I'm sure we would have gotten to these stories by now and our sleepovers, right? <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Yes. sleepovers. Okay. <laughs> All before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just got to say this.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Dr. B.
2: Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much.
0: All right, y'all. Me and Carla. Are gonna switch it up y'all thought this was y'all thought this podcast was over you thought it was over. y'all thought it was over Mm-mm, there's way too much going on in the world Mm-mm. for us to be there's done.
1: way too much going on way too much but real quick again shout out to dr b thank you so much for coming we love you so much and we appreciate you we look up to you you
0: are everything to us and we're grateful to have you in our lives very grateful but yeah like i said me and carla are gonna switch it up on this podcast from now on um at the end of our podcast no matter what our topic what our series is um we're gonna spend some time focusing on current events because it's so hard for us to focus on our topics because sometimes they don't correlate with the current events right but honestly we think that it's essential that we focus on what's going on in the present
1: and also this pertains to women's history month so and
0: if y'all haven't been reading the news i'm gonna need y'all to catch up 'Cause what's going on is crazy and the discussions we've been having in class have been pissing me off. And I'm I'm just upset and y'all know I like to vent. And so if you're not caught up, we're about to catch you up. We're about Real to catch quick. you up. So here we go. Today we're gonna be talking about the Equality Act. Grab your pencils and notebooks, ladies and gents, because And non binaries and peoples. And peoples because we are gonna do some educating. Carla,
1: okay. So, for those of you who don't know, the Equality Act, which was introduced first introduced um, on March nineteenth of two thousand nineteen, which was nearly two years ago, um, it wasn't approved. Wasn't approved.
0: Wasn't approved. <laughs> it didn't pass the. I think it didn't pass the House it, or it, the Senate. Something. It didn't yeah.
1: pass something. Anyways. Um but now it just passed what the was it the, the, senate?
0: House?
1: the,
2: House the uh, senate? I think not us not me educated. No, the Senate. Know.
1: It just passed the Senate. Yes. It was the Senate. I knew it was the Senate. I knew it was the Senate too. I just looked at you cuz you looked unsure and I looked <laughs> then I got unsure. Um <laughs> but it just passed uh the Senate and it amends the Civil Rights Act of 1964 which Prohibits the discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, employment, um, housing, public accommodations, public education, federal funding, credit,
0: and the jury system. Basically everything you would get if you're an American citizen and pay taxes and all that, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But for those of y'all who don't know what the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is, it's basically it prohibits the discrimination of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. So, this Civil Rights Act, like, like, it not abolishes, but it basically protects those people from being discriminated against work environments, um, promoting and firing and, like, jobs and stuff. So, that's the Civil Rights Act. But we're talking about the Equality Act. We just wanted to let y'all know the history behind it.
1: The Civil Rights Act is the predecessor I mean, not the predecessor, oh lord The origin <laughs> That's my big word of the day, y'all Origin, origin. <laughs> well, I'm really slacking I'm tired. with these big words I'm tired, anyways So, yeah, the Civil Rights Act came before the Equality Act And so, um, it's important to know that history behind it So that we know what, we're tr- what exactly we're trying
0: to amend I hope y'all realize that we have an act To prevent discrimination from race.
1: Just saying. Because we need one of those. Because we need one of those. Because we live in America.
0: So, Just pointing that out, America.
1: We suck. You know, Tali and I were talking. And I know this is a little side-off. Let's not trust. A little little sidetrack. But we were talking. And, of course, we're very grateful to be here. Mm.
0: Sure. Yes. We're,
1: We're very grateful to be here. And to have these opportunities and this education that we do. But at the same time, we were kind of joking about it. We were like, "Dang! Out of all countries, our parents could have both came to. They went came to, to Canada, America. Like, like my parents decided, let me leave, let me leave the tropics of the Dominican Republic and go to America. Canada has free health care <laughs> on the east
0: coast. <laughs> I mean, everywhere got racism, but at least Canada, like,
1: <laughs> Yo, it's
0: guys. not that bad over there.
1: But anyways, anyways, back back to the equality. So
0: acts. before we begin, we want to make sure y'all understand the wordings and um the definitions of terms so no one is confused about what the equality act is actually giving so it talked about protecting sexual orientation and gender identity and sexual orientation is what you identify with in relation to your sexual or physical attraction so it's who you're attracted to or that's right right who you're yeah. attracted to it's yeah. who you're attracted to who you're to. attracted
1: to romantically it's physically not
0: So, whether that's, like, you're bi, gay, asexual, etc., it's who you're attracted to physically. I hope y'all got that.
1: Okay, and then gender identity is the way that an individual identifies in terms of their gender. So, this goes, don't confuse this with sex. Or, or um,
0: your X and Y chromosomes—that's completely different. That's, that's that's
1: completely different. That's what that's you're given that birth. That's
0: biology. We're that's not what talking about
1: biology. That's what you're assigned to at birth. Uh, but for a lot of, or for a lot of people, actually, gender identity doesn't always match up with their um, biological sex or the gender or the sex that they were assigned to at birth. Um, and so, gender identity is pretty fluid. I mean, I mean, we both, Tali and I both identify on one side of the spectrum, which is as women. And there are plenty of people who identify on the other side, which is men. But there's a lot in between that. And so there's some people who, there's other genders besides men and women. There's some people who don't identify with either or the people who identify with both. It's very
0: fluid. Yeah, there's transgender, gender neutral, agender, pagender, pagender. I hope I said that right. Pangender, you mean? Pan gender. I don't know why I said "put" and didn't read the end. <laughs> but pan gender. Like I, I was researching this while we research for this specific topic, and I'm, there's so many names, and it's just guys. There's not two gender identity. There's so many different genders. There's, there's not, so many. There's I, don't many well. I don't even know them all. I don't even know them. No, there's like a list I was looking at, it and I was like, interesting. But yeah, those are the terms. So basically. The House passed the bill. That's what happened a few days ago. By the time this is out, it'll be like a few weeks. Not a few weeks. Like a week after the House passed the bill. But they also passed it in 2019. But when it went to the... Why did I say 2019 like that? Um. Anyways, child. <laughs> um. But in 2019, when it was sent to the Senate, it wasn't approved.
1: And that's because the Senate at the time was majority republicans, republicans. so <clears throat>
0: um, hopefully we have better chance now but yeah so while carla and i obviously think this act should have been put decades ago long time ago um we're glad that measures are being taken and with that comes this is popping the bubble so as much as we love to be biased and Y'all know I'm biased. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sugarcoat <laughs> it. What this episode wait. 12, like we're biased, but we do like to give you guys the right information. So, um, wait, I do want to be real quick before we get into it. I want
1: to be clear that the Equality Act is more specific towards providing protections to people, um, who based off of their um gender identity and sexual orientation. Because yeah, if that wasn't clear, it wasn't specifically um stated in the civil rights act um so yeah this offers more protections for people regarding that so
0: yeah just want to clear that up so um we're gonna give you the against side because um i mean i think it's stupid but (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just gonna be like i genuinely think it's the stupidest idea ever but we also know that you guys are more than capable of doing your own research. You're more than capable of forming your own opinions, but we just wanted to give you some facts. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna give you the other side's argument before ours, <laughs> and mine's is really good. So I promise you,
1: it does, she does have a good. It's argument. It's really
0: good. So, what is the other side's argument, Tali? Okay, y'all, it's basically religion. <laughs> Let me just sum it up in one word, because anytime. People in the com like the LGBTQ community are fighting for rights. Religion always comes to play. That's literally the argument, the only argument anyone can ever use, and it fascinates me because I'm pretty sure we're not. There's a separation of church and state, but um, I mean, unless I'm getting that wrong, America, unless I'm getting that wrong. Talk to him. But I did learn a little facts in history this week. But there is um, we'll go deeper into it. But it's basically like. The argument is if we give these – if the Equality Act passes, there's um, there's a religious, like, freedom act which allows people of religions to, like, do whatever they want in terms of, like, their religion. So if it – I'm putting this in quotes so people don't think I'm, like – I got air quotes coming. (laughs) But basically it would allow religious people to discriminate – against LGBTQ because it serves their religion.
1: Or because or because um so talking about this in terms of workplace discrimination and denying people service, um, they're allowed to say that it they're they're allowed to deny these people um and discriminate against them because it quote goes against their religious liberties. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, oh, y'all are going to be, I'm telling y'all, my argument is so good. It's just, uh, but basically. Stop
1: saying it's so good and give it to them. Go.
0: Basically, if we really want to talk about religion, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. So the religion of, uh, this is just talking about Christianity because that's usually what's mostly focused on. I can't speak for like Jewish or, you know, like all the other like religions but I can't speak for Christianity. And nowhere in the Bible, and I promise y'all this because I go to church, I go to Sunday school. I've grown up in the church my whole life. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you're allowed to discriminate against people for who they are. And one of the things you learn, like one of the first things you learn in Sunday school is one of God's greatest commandments is to love one another. And yeah, I'm pulling out the love on another. Love thy neighbor. No, it, no, it and it literally says, the Bible says love thy neighbor. It doesn't say love thy neighbor who's straight. It doesn't say love thy neighbor who's white. It doesn't say love thy neighbor who's black. It doesn't say love thy neighbor, neighbor who identifies as a male. It says love thy neighbor. It doesn't say discriminate. You might have your own beliefs, but that doesn't give you the right to discriminate because that's literally not the teaching of God or Jesus. So this this argument just will never sit right with me because as a religious person first of all you're putting this is kind of a disgrace to god in my opinion like no one's discriminating that's like that's like when white people were using the bible to agree that slavery was justified that's literally the same argument. And y'all know that it wasn't justified. Nowhere did it say that it was justified in the Bible. This is that we, and we talk about this a lot in history. It's like strict versus loose, like wording, how you choose to read things. Interpret. Inter- interpretation. <clears throat> so the religion argument just doesn't sit right because nowhere in the Bible does it say you're allowed to discriminate against people based on their religion, their sexual orientation, their gender identity. And it's not even like loose or strict. Those are the words. Take them however you want. Those are the words. Nowhere does it say that. So you just, I'm, I'm just really heated about this because it's one thing to say you don't want people to have rights, but it's another thing to bring God into it and be right. like, God said this. Don't put words. Don't, don't, don't put words in God's mouth. I want to add too that in
1: the Bible, people, people say that people claim that the Bible says homosexuality is a sin
0: the Bible never said that the verse we're talking about it, is a verse that it's, says it's literally it's about pedophilia it says don't lie with man and that could be a the, man it says a man a man cannot cannot lie, lie with a boy a chi- with a boy or a child like that is
1: referring to pedophilia that has uh, and then people change the word as and mind you this was originally I think the Bible was the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. Correct. Yeah. Um, because it came from the Torah. And people were translating it and creating the New Testament and this and that. And so somewhere along the line, they changed that word and the meaning to homosexual because it suited them. But never once. That is not the word of God. That
0: Regardless of what you believe, that and is even not. even if it did, it doesn't say you're discriminating or you lynch black people or you... Kill transgender women, transgender men. That's literally the opposite of God's teaching. Like, I promise y'all, if y'all actually opened and sat down to read the Bible, it literally just says love one another. You're not, and first of all, you're not the one to judge. You're not, for all my Christian people out there. You're not God. So whatever God compass, God saviorship you got in your head, you need to take it out because you're not God you not. People, and people forget that. You're, you're forgetting that. And also, oh man, I could go on for days about this. Because sometimes... There's such a negative light shed upon religion sometimes. And it frustrates me because it's not everyone. It's not everyone. Some of us aren't... You know, shouting, I hate gays. Like, nobody's doing that stuff. And those people that are doing it, it's because they've created because sadly they have fear and ignorance in their hearts and in their minds and they use these words and teachings because they feel superior to them because they belittle people you know and I'll speak from
1: personal experience my experience with God and religion has been complicated and long because for me growing up I always thought that being gay was a sin and here I was figuring out my sexuality and then One of the biggest things that I faced when I was, you know, coming to terms with that was God hates me, God this, God that. And so I just had a really bad relationship with religion because of these things that were instilled into me and that I was conditioned to believe when I know now that obviously that's not true. And my family is pretty religious. They're Roman Catholic and all of them accept me for who I am. But growing up, like you you hear these things because people have weaponized religion and they've made it so that they can they can use it as a justification to be bigots and discriminate against people because they want to be the ones in
0: power, the ones who control everything. I don't know. It's just very frustrating. And especially with the Equality Act. I truly hope that the Senate does the right thing. And I, I, I don't know. Like, when I read about this at first, I was like, this isn't a thing? Like, this isn't already done? I was... Guys, I've... I mean, y'all, I have been so confused for the past few days because I'm like, I thought this was a thing, you know? I know there's, like, hate crimes, but there's hate crimes, like, all the time. But I thought this was, like, a... Yeah, you can't discriminate against them because they're transgender. Like, I generally thought this was a thing. Maybe it's just me, and that shows, like, I need to be more self-aware, and I need to be, yeah, like, educating myself more. But it took me a while because I was like... This isn't a thing. Like, and there are there are states
1: who have these protections.
0: Yeah, there are. But um, I think
1: there's only 20 it's, it's I it's, think it's 27. Like 20, 28 or 27. 27 like that. that have these that have already have these protections. But this but this um the equality act would make it all 50. Would make would put an amendment in the constitution which makes it all 50 states. But What's crazy to me is that I, me, Carla, could go to the South, which is probably where these states don't have these laws. I could go down. I will. Mm, I'm. I'm. I'm apprehensive about going to the South because I am a gay woman of color. But anyways, I'm black and I don't want to go to the South. So, but I, I could go to the South and I could literally be discriminated against because I'm gay. Like that's crazy to me because. The Constitution does not protect me in that way. And the fact... Like, this is... This feels unreal to me.
0: The fact that this can happen to me. Like, I'm... Shoot. This feels like the time... Oh, man. This was so early on in 2020. I think it was, like, when... uh, When Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. In September? Remember? And then something happened. No, that was in October of 2020. And then something happened... Oh, man. It was with, like, healthcare. Was it healthcare for the LGBT community? I don't know. Oh. Trump Trump said yeah. something. Oh, where
1: he blocked transgender people from the military and other Trump
0: stuff. Trump did a lot of things, he did actually. A lot. He did. He but, did. Um, it's just, it's really upsetting because me and Carla have been talking about this, um, and a lot of our conversations in class have pissed me off. Like, I've been angry for the past few days because the way some of y'all in class are talking, like, I I truly want to get up from my seat and smack you.
1: Oh, we're not putting that in, Tali.
0: No, no, we are. Because are you kidding me? And a lot. No. And I'm going to call you all out because this is popping the bubble. and I don't care. A lot of y'all are white male privileged. You don't have a say in these rights. You don't have a say in people's rights because they don't fit your society society's standard. And I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm pissed. And this isn't even about me. You don't get to sit in that class. First of all, your opinion is wrong. And I'm going to just start telling people their opinions are wrong when it comes to people's rights and people's freedom and liberty to be who they are. Because the it's bothering me. Like I'm like I'm truly hurt inside. Like when you hear those things come from your classmates and your teachers and you're like, are you kidding me? It's frustrating.
1: I mean, yeah, I think for me it's like they I don't know I don't know how many people know that I'm gay. I'm open about it, whatever, but I don't know how many people know because I've been told that I'm straight passing, which whatever, but <laughs> Like, they can say these things without knowing that it directly affects me. And it doesn't, and they don't need to be, I'm not saying that they need to be, that's something they need to be aware of, but, like, it it affects me, like, what they say. And their opinions probably have weight in the world, and their ignorance is going
0: to affect me. It's just frustrating. It's, I'm, I'm just so frustrated beyond, like, like, I can't, oh, I hate teachers who are like, please respect everybody's opinions. No, no, I'm not doing that. Some people are just wrong. Some people are just wrong. I, f- f- I feel like we as a world just needs to accept that some people are wrong. So we watched a video in class um,
1: and it was Representative uh, Tom McClintock.
0: Whatever his name is,
1: um, he was—he's Republican, and he was talking. He was giving his counter argument to the Equality Act, and in it, he spoke of athletes and athletics and how it is unfair to cisgendered women um, to have to compete with transgender
0: women because it's—it's <laughs> it's unfair because they have a physical advantage over them. First of and, all. Someone's always going to be you in sports. I really don't see how someone who identifies as a woman has anything to do with that. Because at the end of the day, someone's always going to be you. It's the truth. What do you want me to say? Like, like a child, like, I think a kid was, like, arguing. They were like, oh, I didn't win because blah, 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 blah She blah. was like,
1: there were... Speaking of these two transgender girls, she was like, I didn't win because I was competing
0: against two boys. So you wake up the next day and you train and you become better. And don't give me that excuse. (laughs) No, no, bro. Don't give me that excuse about testosterone and physical ability. Like I'm not accepting it. I don't care. Do better. Just do better or or quit and find something else. Because what you're not going to do is you're not going to make people uncomfortable for being who they are. You're not. It's a sport. You will survive. You're playing, you're probably playing, like, fifth grade track. You're probably (laughs) never going to touch the track field ever again. Like, I'm so sick and tired of people's, like, excuses. Bruh.
1: (laughs) No, okay, but another thing that he said was he he mentioned um being transgender. He referred to it as a choice. First of all, it is not a choice. It is not something that you wake up one day and decide, I am going to be a girl today it's it's not like that it doesn't work that way that's something that is always in you and some people it takes them longer to figure that out and some people they suppress it for the entirety of their lives and that affects them too but it's not a choice and for him to refer to it as a choice just says and and this this goes with the whole religion argument because religion is a choice you get to decide which religion you want to follow whether or not you do or don't believe in god because we live in a world but that's okay for you to decide that and even like
0: religion god literally says you have the free will do whatever you want you want to you want to you want to believe that i'm exist believe it you don't want to believe that i ex- don't exist believe it do whatever you want so y'all can't even bring that decision into like oh it's god's will god literally says do whatever you want no but then you have religion
1: which is a choice and then you have something as complex and as fluid as gender identity and sexual orientation and you're saying that that's a choice too which it's not and so that for me puts it on a whole different level you can't argue that something that you choose to believe in is being infringed upon by something that somebody doesn't have a choice in like in my opinion, I value religion, I think that people should be able to believe whatever the hell it is they want to believe, and that's okay, that's fine, but when, when you have this thing that you believe in, and you're using it as an argument, and to discriminate against somebody for something that they have no choice over, it is literally who they are, it's who they are, they can't change that, and the fact that you're taking this one thing, I, I don't know if you guys are are catching my drift here, but it's it it
0: it makes me angry. It's just like, what is the need to weaponize everything? For what? What do you gain from discriminating? Please, please, anybody who's listening and has a valid excuse, I keep telling this to Carla. Of all my sixteen years, I've never heard a valid excuse to discriminate. So, I mean. Y'all not coming up with anything. So unless you have a valid excuse as to why we should discriminate, as to why it's okay to belittle someone for being alive, for being what they do that has no impact on you at all. None at all. No impact on you at all. Please shut up.
1: Like, you you have a right. People, Everybody has a right to believe whatever they want to believe. That's fine. If you want to be homophobic or whatever, that's fine. Just the moment that your homophobia does like has an impact in my life and affects the way that i'm living my life then that's a problem for me please keep it to your house like how how this is my question how does seeing a gay couple or a transgender person hurt you How how is that hurting you
0: if you don't want to see it go inside
1: like no literally how how does that hurt somebody in the workplace by being surrounded by somebody who doesn't doesn't comply to their idea of what gender and sexuality should be how how is that hurting you i I don't understand but then they don't understand that what they're doing is hurting these people like you i i'm getting heated and i can't form coherent sentences because of how angry i'm getting so i don't know if any of what i'm saying is making sense right now because i'm so
0: angry but like it makes sense it's just it's very frustrating and we just really hope you guys like, if you're gonna have arguments if you're gonna support them you can't be selfish in this world, you truly can't and everything we do affects everyone and I hate to say but the world is not perfect, so can we at least try to make it like accessible? A little better. A little better. Can we at least, like, even if you don't care, can you at least pretend you care? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know how else to put this. I'm truly just tired of listening to people excuses. Like, it's annoying. And I'm fed up. And I want to snap at people. And I generally do not, like, I'm generally not that type of person to, like, slap someone. I know I say it a lot, but I would never slap anyone. I've never slapped anyone. <laughs> but that's, like... It's frustrating. So, you know, with this equality act, I truly, I truly hope it passes the Senate. And I truly hope that, you know, we'll never be a perfect American society because America can't even tell themselves the truth. Fuck. America can't even tell themselves about the truth about what I'm not going to say weak because I'm not American. What they really are and what they've really done. So, just be better. There's just no need for all the hate and negativity. Like, you really woke up and decided to choose violence. Okay. <laughs> like, you nope. really woke up and decided to choose violence. Okay, America. Like, I d- okay. I
1: just don't understand. Like, I, I generally don't. And maybe this is just me because I live my specific life and I have my own identity and that it's hard for me to see it any other way but I truly I don't understand how my being gay my loving another woman will hurt another person I don't understand like like what what am I what am I doing that's so wrong like that is causing you like I I I really don't understand and it's it's completely absurd to me, and I don't know why human beings are this way. I wish they weren't, but hey, it's the world we live in, and that's what we have to deal with, and so this Equality Act needs to pass and needs to amend the Civil Rights Act, because
0: I don't know <laughs> if I can, like, do this. I'll go crazy. And throw everybody in jail who, um, who disagrees with the laws, or not disagrees, but when it's brought in court, I just want life sentence. I don't care. Do what you gotta do. Ooh, let's not. Uh, um, what? So you can go out and discriminate again? I have, I have my own reservations about the prison system. I mean, and yeah, the, the prison system sucks. But if you deserve to be there, then you should be there. By all, by all accounts. True. I mean, I don't know. I just, please, please just
1: go out and educate yourself about this. Yeah. Because there are things that are happening in the world around us that not enough people are paying attention to and it affects the people around you and if you if you don't know somebody who's gay and this affects well now you do you're lying here i am here you are here i am carlo i am here for you and if you needed somebody's personal account to convince you or to change your perspective or to open your eyes to something here i am not even just to be a decent human being like i just and if you're homophobic get out of here Thank you. We don't support
0: that here in Popping the Bubble. If you're transphobic, if you're any phobic. If you're racist. I mean, we hope you listen and you learn something and you open your eyes. But don't come in our comments because we will come reckless. (laughs) I got Twitter fingers. (laughs) I'm serious. I got Instagram fingers. I'm ready. If somebody starts beef with us, we'll take it to black Twitter. Not even. We'll take it to my Twitter. (laughs) First of all. But on a serious note, y'all, um, please do your research. I, like, we can't stress this enough. We are just two girls who do research and then bring it to y'all. But then again, we're biased. So facts. This is our own opinions. <laughs> y'all formed, realize, formed by our own bias. Y'all realize we just talked about the other side for like two minutes and then like <laughs> pounded on them. So <laughs> I don't think y'all got that much information, but, um, uh. Form your own biases, form your own opinions, but please form the right opinions.
1: Don't be a bigot. Right. That should be the catchphrase. Don't, Don't be a be bigot. A bigot.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, happy Women's History Month. Even though Black women aren't weren't included for years and years, still aren't included for years for years. thought I add that? But happy Women's History Month. Um, tell women you. you appreciate them. We're back to our regular schedule. I'm Tolly. I'm Carla, and, and that's, that's on Popping the, the
1: Bubble. bubble.